lingering. Get your notebooks ready. The definition of linger is the following. To stay in a place longer than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. Did I talk to somebody already? I think I did. To stay in a place longer, I know I'm talking to you, Liz, than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. Pastor's going to talk about her dynamic of the spiritual dynamic of lingering. I'm going to talk about lingering to do in your emotions, how you can think lingering is processing. Or searching out. And then I'm going to just talk about a different thing that's happening. You guys are very distracting. Please stop lingering. (laughs) So let's close our eyes and I'm going to pray. And I'll ask the Holy Spirit to come into this. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this portal. We invite you to come and be the bread of life. Lord Jesus, that you are. You are the Word, the Logos and the Rima. And we live, Lord, not by bread that is physical, but by every word that comes out of your mouth. That is life to us. So we thank you that right now, mindsets are going to shift and be broken. Places where people feel stuck and stagnant are about to become alive again. And we thank you, Lord, that what we say tonight will now, Lord, produce fruit And because it's taken root. So we thank you. We ask you come and be in this conversation. Help us not to linger any longer. In Jesus' name. And everybody says? Okay. Turn to your neighbour and say, get up and go. Get up and go. Get up and leave. Was you lingering? That's going to be a new thing that we're going to say to each other. Ooh, girl. You lingering. Lingering. Stop lingering. You're about to go into some dangerous territory. So I will kind of just preface this with what the Lord has been teaching me and start the conversation. And I will start by letting you know an anointing for talk is coming in season casting and it's coming quickly and it's changing how God is moving. The last year, God has been spending time letting you work through things, letting you search, letting you find out. But when 5783 kicks in, that stops. Okay, there's been an anointing on the details. There's been an anointing on the sitting with and the working through. But here's going to be a new anointing that's coming to the world and the church. It comes to the church first. And this is in line with season casting. So you're getting a bit of a preview. It's called bottom line. God is going to become a very, very big bottom liner in your life. It's going to be 
go, do this, go to this place. And He's not going to give you an understanding of why. This is really important for you to understand. He's not going to spend 13 hours on a journal telling you why. He's going to say, go. Because you should have trusted Him and His character and you should know Him by now. I don't know if you about you, but when you're in relationship with somebody and you've got to keep going over your motive for things, it gets very, very taxing very quickly. Like, girl, why do I, boy, why do I have to keep on telling you why I think the way I think? You should know me by now. I should be able to look at you and just give you the sign and you should be able to know it. So that's what happens in marriage, you know? I know my mum, okay? I live with my mum, I've lived with her all my life. I'm blessed to live with her. And I can know just from a look, just from the look. I can look at her in the morning and go, hi mum, how are you? Just from the look. I can look at her and see if she's shady. This is how she looks. Oh, something's on your mind. Oh, you right mum? doesn't need to say a word because I know her, because we have relationship. This this, this is something that plagues Natalie. She's gotten so good at knowing when mum has something that she's concerned about. She'll come in to me and she'll go, your mum's smiling, but I think she's concerned about something. (laughs) You know, the house. You know, and so why I'm saying that is because this is what the Lord has given us time to do. Kingdom Emotion students, you've had time. You've had time to learn and express and to conversate with Him on the park bench. And in that time of conversating on the park bench, you're learning who He is. But because of what's about to unfold, He's not going to linger with you any longer. Now, this is a hard word but it's what's going to take place. He's not going to spend time convincing you. If you're not convinced, you never will be. If you're not convinced that He loves you by now, I'm sorry, you never will be. If you're not convinced that you can have everything He said you can have, because time is short and things are happening quickly. And Satan wants to make it happen quicker than it should, but he's giving us grace. But something that the Holy Spirit's been telling me, so I'm going to start with this, is that I've interrupted your conversations, but I'm not going to do that anymore. If I'm not in it from the start, I won't talk to you. If he's not in it from the start, he's not going to interrupt you. And I know that that's a harsh word, but that is the anointing that is coming upon the church. Because in that interruption, we've lingered in what we feel about what the Holy Spirit is telling us for too long. And we've decided, "Uh, well, I don't know, Holy Spirit, if I align with that, I don't like, I don't know if I feel like I like what you're saying. So I might spend some more time seeing if there's another option. And, and you're devaluing the counsel of God. Jesus. You're devaluing the person of God. So the Lord said to me the other day, He said, Nathan, if I'm not in the conversation from the start, I'm not talking to you. I said, whoa. 
That's a big one. So he said to me, you do this and you probably do it too. He said to me, I was at the gym because I like to talk to the Lord at the gym. And he said to me, you do this. You, you try to fuse me into the middle of the conversation. Like you start talking to yourself, self-talk about what you think. And it wasn't anything bad. I was just talking to myself about the day. Wow, yeah, okay, I got to get this done. got to get that done. And I just started, oh, and then I realised, well, I had a squat bar on my back. I realised, oh my God, I'm talking to myself. So I racked my 200 back down. <laughs> Stood up and I was like, hang on, Holy Spirit. How do I break out of this self-talk? And then I said to the Holy Spirit, wow, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this conversation. And then he said to me, and he landed something in me, and it's backed up by what I've been learning. He said to me, no, start a new conversation. He said, start a new one. He said, because anything I give you right now, your perception is already warped. Because you've done it out of fear. And, you, and this is what Dr. Avery said last week. You, don't, you didn't see that part, but... From the psychology point of it, you don't understand that if you're praying out of fear, nothing God says to you is going to move you until you get in faith. Can I, can I give you a, a little, you know, demonstration? Oh Lord, I'm praying because I'm fearful that, you know, you're not going to come through this week on my finances. So I'm praying, Lord, be faithful. Give me that opportunity. Give me that job. Make a way. But you're not ready to hear His way because your fear has programmed you for a certain perspective. So you've got to shut down that conversation. You've got to stop lingering and you've got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, here we go. You're in it from the beginning. You're in it from the start. I'm going to start, Holy Spirit, what are you wanting me to address right now? Holy Spirit, what are you wanting me to feel right now? Holy Spirit, what are you saying about my finances? Because then when He starts to talk, He's going to engage your faith. Okay, now here's the psychology and the mental part of it. When you're in fear, the frontal cortex turns off. And the frontal cortex is what uses problem solving. Okay, so this fear kind of thing, and that's what Dr. Avery said last week, and it's the frontal cortex here that actually connects to your immune system. So when you're in fear, your whole immune system gets stiffened and you shut off. And then because your whole immune system is stiffened and you're shut off, you go by, again, the five senses. Spiritually, no. Physically, yes. You go by what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you feel. Okay, so the Lord's been saying to me, no. I'm going to teach you a new way. I'm going to teach you how to shut down the conversation that I was never in from the beginning okay, and how to start a conversation with me. Now, why do you think the Lord would say, I'm going to teach you a new way? Well, have you heard in the world it is said, when in Rome, do what the Romans do, speak like you are Roman. Yeah. So... If we're going to talk about this, let's talk about when in heaven, ah, yep. uh, hallelujah, when in heaven, speak heavenly language. So when you're a citizen of heaven, therefore you need to start speaking like heaven. But the problem is, and here's my challenge for you, my brothers and sisters, 
is you've been using your natural senses with spiritual things. What I taste, what I feel, what I see, what I hear, what I sense, all these things are the five, these five senses. And you're doing it in a three-dimension world. Heaven doesn't operate in a three-dimension world. Heaven operates in a fifth dimension, actually a fourth dimension, because you need to go somewhere from the third to the fourth to be able to bring the fifth back. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean the fifth dimension is where you've reached that heavenly place, that supernatural place, and you start to Activate that back, like you said, quantum. So now you're going to activate it, collapse it, bring it back and let healing manifest in the world. But no, we think, Pastor, we think we can operate spiritual principles in a natural world. You cannot. You do not activate spiritual, supernatural things in a three-dimensional world. So what does that mean? It means you've got to go above. You've got to go higher. You see, Jesus didn't operate. He lived in it, but he was never part of it. He was never part of this world, ever. So what was he? He was in it, but not of it. So how did he activate spiritual things and supernatural experiences in this natural place? Because he lived in a higher place. So what are we doing? What are we doing? We're lingering in the atmosphere of the three dimension. Come on, think about that. I need a miracle. Okay, yeah, okay. So I ask God to give me a miracle. And then next thing, something goes wrong. Oh, what happened, God? I don't feel like I've got the miracle. Where are you living? Where are you living? Where are you living? Did Jesus ever live there? No, he never did. He was always activating supernatural. And you see, it was natural to him to be supernatural. Not because he was son of God, but because he was doing it the right way. He chose to do it that way, guys. I'm telling you right now. So last week, we had the most powerful anointing on the church, 40 healings. There were healings happening. So much so that someone online, which we all know, 
this person and I'm talking to her and uh, she's coming along in Christ Jesus. And she said, the moment I heard you were having a healing meeting, she said, uh, I tuned in and I started manifesting. So bad, so bad. She said, I was manifesting all over the place. Now, hang on a minute. She's looking through television land. But yet, she's experiencing supernatural. Where were we last week, guys? In the supernatural. Ears were opening. Do I need to show you? Little Jeremiah's eyes has opened up wide now. People's, uh, yes, John. People's uh, backs are healed. Look at John. He's rather, rather excited for his son and what God did. And, uh, you know, oh, wow. When I saw people like, uh, you know, um, yes, yes, say it. Say it, Pastor. Say it. Natisha Blanchard had her mis meniscus healed. That, re that required surgery. And required one of the surgery. little children got their smell back. Yeah. Right. Hey. Pastor hey. Wendell got his hearing back. Yeah. Yeah, got his hearing back. Dr. Robin got her ankle back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I was praying for Wendell, my, my ear popped and it came back to. Uh, look, guys... This was because the Lord last week said it was the anointing of the corporate church. So when you do it through the way God wants you to, you will see. You start to live in a different place. You start to work in a different place. Yeah. You start to move in a different place. So you're not talking about what I see anymore, what I hear anymore, what I touch anymore. None of that. We're talking about those spiritual senses now. The five senses become spiritual senses. We move out of the third dimension and we move into a higher dimension. And I don't know about you, but if you're going to be a heavenly citizen, you've got to live in a higher dimension. And pastor, something that comes in with lingering is, um, oh Lord, give me grace to say this right. You drop the trash. Stop picking it up. Because what you dropped will be the ammo that you fire at God. If you pick it up again, when he says drop it, he means drop it. I'm going to be real with you. If you have to still be told that God is a, not a hard taskmaster, yeah. you need to get free and get free quickly. Yeah. Because that should not be a mountain that you're facing. Let's get real, church. That should not be a trial that you're still going through. Is it a lie? Then stop believing it. That's how you linger. Well, I just think God is doing this to... No, you know it's not true. And everything we've taught you, stop lingering. Move on. Accept you're forgiven. Get up and go. 
Amen. Get up and say, right, okay. I don't feel like it, but I'm doing it. The moment you linger, what you've dropped, the enemy will start to arm you with to accuse God. Whoa. And you decided to drop it. But now it's coming back. And instead of giving it to him, you throw it at him. This is what lingering did for the children of Israel. The moment that they tried to stay in a place longer than the cloud would allow, they began to murmur against God. Pastor wants to add, because this was part of his teaching this morning. You do want to add? Don't linger, go for it. (laughs) My uh, spin on lingering, the byproduct of it is compromise. you know, when the angels went to rescue Lot, the Scripture says, as he lingered, they literally grabbed him by the hand and dragged him yep. out of the city. So when, you, when your relationship with God is constantly being put on hold, like you said, if you're not moving on, you'll end up compromising your faith. And, and I think the Lord was showing me, and I'm not having a go at anyone, but I've got to be real. Like you're lingering because you're not giving all to Jesus to be all. You still want Jesus and the dream. Jesus is not the dream. You can't have your dream and have Jesus. You've got to have all of Jesus and He's got to be all in all to you and everything. Otherwise, you're going to constantly linger at, well, I've got Jesus, but I still need, I need this to be fulfilled for me to feel like I've made something of my life. You've got Jesus. Your life is full. If you never do another thing in your entire life and you go to heaven tonight, the Father will say, you've got my son, well done. He's not going to go, sorry, didn't get that award, didn't make that much money, didn't marry that person. Come on, this is how we think. And Pastor, lingering is a byproduct of double-mindedness. This is it. Because you haven't made up your mind, this is the way the Lord wants me to go. You're always in a double mind, so you're not moving. And that's exactly what happened with Lot. And the children of Israel, if you look, the moment that they started to try and stay in one spot before and beyond what the cloud would allow, the murmuring began. Because God allows grace for periods, for certain time periods, for change. But if change doesn't operate, He says, right, I'm moving on. I'm not going to stay here so I can indulge your flesh. And, and you getting to sit on the park bench with me is not so you get to tell me all the things that you feel all the time. It's so that you get to be quiet and listen to what I feel. This is why I said tonight, are we telling the Lord we love Him? That was a challenge to me because every song I hear on the radio, Christian is God loves me, God loves me. And Christina sung from the Lord this morning so prophetically and I was so blessed. She said she was singing that song, you know, you love me when I'm up, you love me when I'm down. And she said, no, we're going to say, I'll love you when I'm up. I'll love you when I'm down. Because this is something we have in common. It's like, no, Lord, You've committed to me, but I need to affirm my commitment to you because that's what's going to get me through this season, knowing that I'm as committed to you as you're as committed to me. 
And I think that that's what the Lord has been showing me. When I linger and when I try to just stay in this place of, I'll give you an example. Like we said to someone in Sydney because we did our Kingdom Emotions drop the trash activation this week. And um, they were all doing their drop the trash. And the week before we'd done the building up, you know, which is strategic from us because once we highlight the trash at the end, nobody wants to get back up again. You know, so we made sure we spent two weeks building each person up individually. But I won't say their name, but someone got up and they started naming, well, this is my trash. And they'd done this exercise before. And Pastor Robin looked at them and said, you should have less trash than when you started with. Why are you pulling out of the bag the same thing that you've already dropped? You're lingering. This should not be something you're pulling out of your bag. And this is the key. I said to that person, because you still want the right to choose whether you believe or not, it's left. And that's not faith. Well, I don't feel like it's left. Well, I'm sorry. Activate faith and believe that when He said it's left, it's left. Otherwise, you're still in control. You're still Lord of your life. So if He says I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. I might not feel it. It might not show in my emotions straight away, but it's the choice to let Him be Lord of that. So the Lord's been saying to me, when you linger, you're playing with what you've dropped. And of course, I, I come from a different yeah, angle than you do and, and you with the Word and mine is more the Spirit and uh, just the example of lingering if I had once said to the Lord uh, when He said, you've been healed, I was crippled and He healed me. Get out of bed and walk, Robin, you've been healed. If I had lingered for seconds, I might have missed that visitation. But I got out of bed and when I got out of bed, all the feeling came back into my legs and I began to run for the first time in eight months. So come on, lingering. Lingering robs you of heaven. You, know, you are to be a heavenly citizen, not an earthly citizen. And we linger too much on this earth with our emotions, what we see, what we feel, what we touch. It's all to do with the natural. You can't touch heavenly things with the natural things. You've got to become supernatural. You've got to become a heavenly citizen. So where do we live? This is my whole thing with you tonight. Last week we saw where we lived. Come on. We touched something last week. We touched the week before we had manifestations of prophecy and powerful words. And though some of those words have already come to pass in people's lives. And I, don't you want to have those things as a heavenly citizen? Don't you want to have those things operate in your life? Or would you rather be 
part of this world. Think about it. Think about it. So important tonight. So you're saying we have to live in that dimension that's higher. We have to live in a higher dimension. Now, number three, the third dimension is earth. The fourth dimension is going beyond earth. The fifth dimension is reaching the, that heavenly place. And when you believe something, quantum physics, you collapse it yeah. back into the earth. The natural, yeah. And something we have to realise is when we linger, like the word of God, when God speaks something into your cells, here I go with the science of it, he charges you with an energy to fulfill and to complete what he said. That has a time period that that charge remains in your cells. You will experience it, right? You will get a word from God and he'll give you this charge or a prophecy and you'll feel a rejuvenation. Has anyone felt that? Yes. At dipping night, you'll feel like an energizing yes. flow, like a switch is turned on. Right, And that's your body's way and your mind's way of priming you to complete what He's asked you to do. If you don't do what He said to do, in that time period, that charge gets lost. And that's when you have to fight to get it back. And this is where a lot of people feel like they lose motivation for life because they haven't responded to the charge of God's Word because God's Word injects life. So when He injects life, you better get up and go and move quickly. You're not better linger in your feelings or linger in your opinions about what you think about what He's saying. You better get up, charged, ready to do. And your feelings, I'm the number one person teaches about feelings. Your feelings will catch up. Satan knows this truth. He charges you. And every time you sin, you respond to that charge. Wow. Every time you sin in fear or in something, you're charged with a negative energy, with a fear, hate energy, and you're charged and straight away you respond to it. So the Lord's saying, right, if I'm charging you, then I want you to move quickly. Remember the word of the Lord through season casting was, I'm going to say to you, go here. And you're to go here quickly, right? That was one of the words. Move here quickly. Now, what we've done is we've gone, okay, Lord, I'm charged, but I want to sit with you for a bit. And I want to figure out, number one, how I can help you. Uh, Number two, let's see if there's another way. Not help you. Because I don't know if I'm ready yet to be that put out. Like you want to give me a growth in my business, but I don't know if I'm ready yet to go all the way and invest before I get invested too. Then the other one is, oh Lord, I just, I just don't know if I believe what you say about me. That's the one. I just think that what I think about me is more than what you say. Like you say I'm like capable, but Lord, I know me. 
I know that I'm not capable. I'm going to say that. I know that I know who I am. I know me. I know. I mean, you said like, you know, that you would provide like, you know, cattle on a thousand hill, but... But, but Lord, I know me. But Lord, I know my trash. I know what I've got in my bag. I'm a, I must remind you of, and he's, he's like, didn't you drop that? Wait, I forgot about that. I don't even remember. I love that. I don't even remember that. Oh, but Lord, remember when I did this? No. Remember when I didn't do this? No. Remember when I forgot to do this? No. Linger, linger, linger. And your charging is dying. Yeah. Your priming for the fulfilment is dying in you. And, and when he says, "Do remember this," he also says, "No." Don't, don't you remember this, Lord? No. Don't you remember when you said that, Lord? No. 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 Because no. when I throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, it don't come back out anymore. I, I hear the Lord saying, stop remembering things I've forgotten. Yeah. Stop. But this is, I can give you example after example. The spies, the two that got charged were ready. They went back. Come on, we can do this. We're ready. Let's gather up. Let's go. It's quickly. Come on. We can do this. God's with us. We're charged. We'll eat them up like grasshoppers. But the 10 that lingered, they talked among, self-talk among, well, did you see how big they were? Then the oh, other one said, they yeah. they were giants. Yeah, remember how big they were? I remember when we were back there facing those other people and I just don't know how, like, you know, if we compare back then to now, how are we going to do it? I mean, look at us, look at them. Then the other eight start talking. Lingering led to murmuring. Murmuring led to accusing. And they all didn't get to go in. But the two that were charged got to go in. The two that said, Lord, we're ready. Send us. So I can get, you know, Pastor Tony's wanna, talking about Lot. Go for it. I'm I just want to go you. back. There's a part of mum's miracle that she, she describes it a little differently every time she testifies. But when I first heard her testify to me about what God did, she said the Lord told her, Robin, get up. You've been healed. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. You've been healed. And the way she explained it the first time to me was she got up, even though she couldn't feel anything in her legs, and she sat on the side of the bed and by faith she stood up. He empowered her to stand. And the moment she stood, she said, I've been healed and sap. The feelings went straight back into her legs and she started running around the house. And by the way, the neighbours in the neighbourhood were watching. Pastor, you know they, how you said the charge? Knew. This is exactly... That she, charge this was She there. moved on that charge. And this is exactly what happened. I'm giving you science, okay? I'm not giving you false things here. I'm giving you real data. That's my new word. I love data. Yeah. Data. The man that was crippled, right? When he got lowered down in the roof... They wanted to linger him, right? Well, how can you say his sins are forgiven? What do you mean his sins are forgiven? He asked for a healing, not for his sins to be forgiven. And Jesus looked at him, charged him and said, get up and go. Now, here's the key. If you Pick don't do it, bed, if you don't do it, when, when God says to do it, 
It's that moment there that's going to shift everything. If you don't do it then, you never will. That's when you move from the third to the fourth to the fifth. You can move within seconds if you do what the Lord tells you to do. And you're waiting for the faith. Let me go there. You're waiting for the faith that's going to last you to the next step. But it's that quick shift that's going to last you the whole journey by doing what He said to do when He said to do it. Get up, Abraham, and go. If Abraham did not get up and go in that moment, he never would have. He never, he was, oh Lord, give me five minutes. No. And, and you hesitate. That little second of hesitation <laughs> is when lack of faith comes in. When the doubt comes in. You don't have to build doubt for hours. You just have to in, let it visit you for a second. And then you lose that moment where you move from one dimension to the next dimension to the heavenly dimension. That heavenly dimension is where you walk supernatural and you bring that supernatural experience back to that natural. And Pastor, here's the key, what you just said, you know, with the lingering. uh, Thank you, Lord. You bring it back to my remembrance what I just had. With this to do with faith, right? All it takes is that second of hesitation. All it takes is that second of hesitation to corrupt your perspective. And then you will spend the rest of the journey fighting to get back what He charged you for. To that place. And this is the key. Thank you, Lord, for bringing it back. With that second of hesitation, here's the key. When God says it, get up and go. Not when you say it. See, the key is the release comes when God says it. And when but God we've says been waiting because we've been thinking. Can I just say this quickly? Yeah, we've been frustrated. Some people in this room will go, well, I've gotten up and gone and I've been disappointed because has God said it? Or have you thought it? Ooh. When God says it, He enables you to complete it. So I'm just going to quickly give a couple of examples here. Okay, just to let you know. The Lord, I'm going to just not mention names, but the Lord mentioned a certain brother in here. There was a situation going on in his family. And straight away, one, I was on my computer one day. I was working and I got an email about a position opening up, right? And the Lord said to me, this is for this brother. Tell him to go for it straight away. I've charged him for it. I'm going to give it to him. Now, That brother is now working at that place and being recognised, testified about it tonight for his expertise. Now, if that person had lingered, that charge would have left. And this is the problem. That's what I'm saying. We we want to linger when God says go and we want to go when God says wait. Wait. That happens for a period, but if you allow the cross to do its work, it, it will go, it'll go the other way. We'll go when He says go, we'll stay when He says stay. So don't think that you're going to remain in that position. But you have to see the importance 
of why we are not to linger. Because what is it? What is it that causes us to linger? Living in a dimension where it's far more comfortable to believe. What I see, I will believe when I see it. Oh, what I hear, when I hear it, I will believe it. That's not the way God wants you to be. You do not see, then believe. You believe and then you see. Yeah, that's it. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God spoke to me, get out of bed and walk, Robin. You've been healed. Now, I had no manifestation of any feeling coming back into my legs. I was in the position of a spastic where my body was in a curved position. When God touched me, he lifted me off my bed and knitted my nerves back together, put me down on the bed and said immediately, get out of bed. Now, hang on. What if I turned around and said, what if I turned around and said, hang on, did I hear him? Was that really him? Uh, Can I really get out of bed, God? You see, that dynamic took me to a dimension that was way beyond the natural, where nerves got knitted back together by the Holy Spirit. They cut cut every nerve in my spine and it paralysed me. Now... Did I work in a natural setting or did I go to a higher setting? I felt the wind come into the room. There wasn't even a window open. You should hear my testimony. It's been around the world. The Catholic Church offered me a place to be a healer. Yes, they did. I'm not a healer. I just got healed. And now I reproduce healing all the time in people. But do you understand? You can't stay here in this dimension and experience supernatural. You can't. Because you will linger if you're in this dimension. Does he love me? Yes, he does. But you won't feel it here. Ooh. And Pastor, something that the Lord just said to me to go along with your seminar where we're going to teach the faith of God. Yes. Not faith in God. Now, Pastor Tony talked about a husband and a wife and the process of what happens when they come together, right? Yesterday, it was a lot of sperma and a lot of things mentioned. So... Sperma needed. Now, I'm going to give you... Use these words. But we're all adults here. We all love Jesus. Our minds are redeemed. And to the pure, all things are pure. online right now. I mean, you know, 
can say orgasm in Jesus in, t- in talk, then, you know, you can't say Use it in church. penis. Oh, my yeah. God. Let's. Yeah. These is, are all scientific terms, Pastor. This is the key. This is what the all Lord is. scientific This terms. is what the Lord is showing me, and I'm going to reveal it to you. Every time God wow, charges. Wow, we've got a few people here. Pastor, listen to this and give me your feedback. Every time God charges us. Oh, my God. With that energy, what is he charging us with? His faith. Yes. Listen Listen to what I just said. When God charges us, with that energy. He's not asking you to have faith. He's not asking you to have faith. Faith in. He's charging you with His faith. Faith of. To get up and go into what He said. Every time you linger, it will be you trying to conjure up faith to do it. But in that charging, He's injecting His sperm Let's go there. His sperma into your womb because it's His Word that births the life. You are the womb, the vessel, and He's going, right, I've got what you need. You don't have to believe for it. You don't have to try and make it happen. Do what I've said to do and ride on the wave of faith of God and stop trying to put your faith in God. So he's saying, right, I've charged you to go here. Here's my faith. Now respond to it. If you don't respond, you'll have to fight to get the faith to do it. See, faith in something is not faith of something. And so he said he gives us a portion of faith. A portion of faith is I get to believe in faith. Now, when you ask for faith of God, then you're operating in that realm of the supernatural. Totally different than faith in God. That's the portion He gives you. And that's usually to believe who He is. Yeah. And Pastor... Hang on. Sorry. Not to operate what He wants you to operate. Now get that from me, please. Not to operate what He wants you to operate. That takes faith of God. And Pastor Tony, this is where the Scripture... I want to point something out. Abraham doesn't get praised for faith, for getting up and going. No. He praised, they get praised him as the father of faith for believing that Isaac would come back to life. Right? It was credited to him as righteousness because he believed that even if God was to slay Isaac, he would raise him from the dead. That's right. My challenge to you is it wasn't Abraham's faith to get up and go. It was an injection of God's faith and Abraham got to ride on that wave until the Lord said, now where's your faith? I need someone to get up and jump and get excited about this. Did you get what I just said? I want someone to get excited about this. Get what I just said? I want you to get excited about this, guys. This is not faith in something. This is the faith of you 
if you don't linger. There it is. You, you see what I'm saying? Abraham got injected. And Abraham couldn't linger and say, well, 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 he did actually. And that's why he got in trouble because he lingered and he said, well, you know, how's this going to work? Because I'm the son and that's my dad. And so he lingered and because he lingered, his dad said, no, 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 no. We all know the story. I'm coming along. I'm the guy who will determine who the gods of the family are. And so you don't know the history of it, but God literally took his father to another town and history says that a fire came through that town and and burned up the entire town and his father died. Now, i got to tell you something. That was an awful thing, a price to pay for Abram lingering. His dad ended up dying and the whole town got burnt up. Come on, do you want to get burnt up through lingering? If God says, I'm going to do this, what are you lingering for? You've got to grab this and you've got to say, well, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. So I'm going to step into it. I'm going to step into it. Charged with the faith of God. You're stepping into it charged with the faith of God. You don't have to work to get faith to believe it. He's injecting His sperma into you to charge you with it. So if you don't respond to it quickly, you'll abort it. Your lingering will abort what He's charging you with. Because you'll say, oh, no, God, I'm not ready. Let me just see what if you I'm not ready, God. Oh, my. Look, look uh, at this. I don't know. People. You know, I need more healing. Oh don't tell the healer God. you need more healing. <laughs> don't tell the deliverer you need more deliverance. He's the one who says when you need deliverance. Wow. We say that. Oh, God, I don't think I need more healing. I'm not ready. That's a, that's a roundabout saying, a roundabout way of saying, I'm not ready to obey you to get the healing. And, I want, and I'm not ready I want someone to else experience you right I want, now. I want the team to d- spend an hour on me and make me feel good. No, no, First no. Of all, I'm it's even beyond tonight. that. It goes to the point I'm not ready to experience you now. Why? Why? Because. Because I got doubt. Yes, yes. Well, then stop living where you're living, he'll say. Come up higher. What do you say to John? Come up higher and see what's going on in heaven. And I heard someone say this week, and it really landed in me. Come on, on this side. Somebody jump up. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord is, the Lord... The Lord is asking us a question. Like, we always say, Jesus, this is how I experience you. But Jesus is looking going, Nathan, how do I experience you? How do I experience you as Nathan Christ? Because you're dead and I'm alive. Nathan Christ? Your last name is Christ. The Nathan part is you. 
But the Christ part is me. So I'm the surname of your family name. So I'm the umbrella for all of your identity. So every trait is found in me. Come to my who am I? We're going to talk about this. But how do you, and I started, Lord, how do you experience me? Do you, do you experience me as somebody that lingers when you want to do something? And do you experience me as somebody that brings up the trash? Do you experience me as somebody that stays in, you know, unforgiveness of what you've forgiven? But this is the key. When He injects you with His Word, He gives you His faith. His faith is what will count. When He said to me, you're going to New York City, I didn't have the faith. But He said, you're going to New York City. And that faith has carried me to this very moment right now. Come on, this is the truth. That faith has carried me even when the government said no because of a technicality, you won't get your visa. Well, guess what? I got my green card. And I've got my citizenship in heaven and I'll have my citizenship in America. You know what I mean? Like we think along the journey and we don't realise we keep asking for faith. But He's given us His faith. He's seeded us with His faith. But if we linger... This is what I tell you. The patriarchs, Abram was not praised for getting up and going. No. Because it wasn't anything to do with him. That's a challenge. Can you get what I just said? It wasn't anything. God put it in Abraham to obey himself. Now listen. Abraham had one thing to do with it. Choice. Listen, let me tell you something about Abraham. Let me tell you something. Abraham didn't know God. He didn't know God. He, he was following his father's God. So it wasn't faith in God. It was God's faith in him. It was God's faith in him. He introduced himself to Abraham. I'm your God. Now get away from your father's God and follow me. Now, hang on a minute. Everybody says, oh, yeah, father of faith, all right, because he had God's faith. Ah! (laughs) This is what I've been trying to get out. Are you cheering me? We go along and we believe that, you know, Abraham, he was a great father of faith in the end because he believed the faith of God that God gave him. And, and the test with Abraham, and this is why they say it was credited to, him as, credited to him as righteousness. Because up until that point, his belief had been, he'd been energised by what God had done. But he still had to put his belief on what was going on. That's why the Lord said to him, now I know. Yes. Up until this moment, I haven't known. Did you just get what I just said? Up until this when you lied to Abimelech because you wanted to save your skin, I didn't know. When you lied to Pharaoh, I didn't know. When you made it happen with Hagar and you didn't trust me, I didn't know. But now I know. Now I see where your belief is. You're not riding on the wave of my belief. 
Your belief is in me being your everything, even more than your son. You even believe I'll raise him from the dead. Yeah, this is the key. Now hang on. We went from someone who was following a foreign God, his father's God, and he didn't have a belief in the God, the true God. But yet God spoke to him, told him to get out away from his father's God and then God introduced himself to Abraham and I can tell you right then and there that he turned around and he led him by faith all the way. So he wasn't saying, hey, now you have enough faith to believe in me. He said, you didn't even know me. I gave you faith and now I know in who you believe. See, this is the difference. God gave Abraham his faith, but in the end, God put his faith in Abraham. Do you get what I just said? God, when he said, you're worth more to me than anything, the Lord said, now I know. You're trying to put your faith in me and you've been putting your faith in me. That's the first part of covenant. But guess what? Now I put my faith in you. But you'll always fall down when you're putting your faith in God. But you will not fall down when you have the faith of God. Jesus said, and it's misquoted for those that want to give me that scripture. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. No, mistranslation. The NIV translators corrupted the original text. Yep. It's have faith of God. And truly I say to you that if you say to this mountain, get up and be cast into the sea, the mountain, it shall be removed for you. For whatever you ask for, if you believe that you have already received, how can you believe what you've already received if you don't have it? Because it's not your faith. Yeah. It's not earthly faith. Earthly faith, if there's such a thing, earthly belief is when I see it, then I'll know I've got it. But God says, guess what? This is my faith. You don't see it, but you've got it. If you believe that what you've already asked for, you've received, then it shall be granted you. That's what Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith of, of God. God. He was telling them, you don't have to believe for it. Just choose to take on God's faith. Choose to grab my faith because I've seen it already. This is it. It was already, I'm in the fifth dimension. Hey, I hey, see it. God's saying, I've seen it already. I saw it in heaven That's before right. it came to earth. I already see it. I already see your breakthrough. I already see your marriage. I already see your healing. I already see your business. Yeah, I already see it. I've seen it. But yet you... I've been reading to, the book about it every single day. It's real. It's there. It's there. It's there. But you, you don't see it because... You're trying to do it. And and you're trying to have faith in me. But I don't want you to have faith in me. I want you to have my faith. 
Because only my faith will cause you to see it. And sometimes faith of God is not understanding a thing. And I really love that the Holy Spirit does that because if I understood it, I would negate it. My logic would kick away and it would just say, oh, this is too hard. I can't do that. Like, you know, rationality, note that A doesn't connect to the B and the B doesn't connect to the C. And what about her? Lord, what about her destiny? And how does my destiny link with Him? And, you know, I don't want them to miss out. And God's going, shut up. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why it puts us to sleep, so we will shut up. Seriously. That's why it gives us sleep at night. You think to have it because you're tired. It's because he's tired of listening and he wants you to shut up. And this is why the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm serious, It's true, man. Pastor. He gets uh, tired of our self-talk. If I was God, I would definitely tell you I I'm going to put you to sleep so you will Some people just need to lie down. Son, daughter, I love you, but go lie down. My dad said serious. <laughs> My ears <laughs> Me ring. and the angels need a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is why the Holy Spirit says to me and is saying to you, I don't want to be in the middle, brought into the conversation. What I start is what I will complete. If I don't start it, it ain't getting completed. If I don't start the conversation, then there's no closure. Uh, So I've been saying to the Lord, okay, well, because this is what you do and this is what I do. We have that conversation. Then we try to put our faith in God and we go, oh, Holy Spirit, I didn't include you. Oh, come into the conversation. Come in and talk about my job. Because I've been thinking about all these things. Come in and talk about how it's going to work. That's right. I've got to acknowledge you because Pastor said on portals, acknowledge Him. So I acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. What do you want to think about? What do you want to say? And the Holy Spirit's going, really? Really? You've been talking this whole time? So He's saying, no, no, no. Let's start a new conversation where I can give you some injection of faith to see you through. Okay, Holy Spirit. What do you want to say? You see, the whole thing is all about us being so religious that we have to have a part to play in it. We must have a part to play in it. It makes us feel better. You see, we've had something to do with it. God doesn't want us to have anything to do with it. He just wants us to have what He wants us to have because He's not impressed by us having faith in Him. He would be more impressed if we had His faith. Guess who gets the glory then? He does. When I got this, well, I've got faith in God. And so therefore you think, well, you know, I did part of this. I did part of this. And he says, hey, 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 put this down. We've had enough of this. This is religion all the way. And that's when faith to you becomes your intellectual ability to agree with God. Yes, Lord, I can agree with you that you want to, like I can be on your level and agree with you that you want to do this for my life. That's not faith. 
Okay? And let me tell you about this. This is how this is how how much the Holy Spirit considers your work and your effort as waste. Right? Isaiah says, your self-righteousness is as filthy rags. The word in Hebrew refers to a woman's menstrual, menstrual period. period. Now, why out of all the things the prophet could say, does he say it's a menstrual period to God? Because what he doesn't fertilise, he would rather see dead. Ooh. What he doesn't fertilise, he would rather see die. Like a woman that doesn't get fertilised, her egg dies. Whatever God does not speak His faith into, see you, John. <laughs> he would rather see bleed to death. Get that he, visual. He had talk. to go for a walk. He had to move the car. Whatever He doesn't speak into, He would rather see bleed to death. And let me help. Otherwise, you. let me help you. You'll birth an illegitimate son. Let me help you. Let me help you. What he speaks is being heaven into it. You see, when you you said something, you said he said, let's start this conversation again. That means let's get rid of your earthly, you know, dimension. And let's start again and bring heaven into it from the word. Go. Add what you said, it's important. There are, there are instances when He'll allow you to bring an illegitimate um, creation in like Abraham did with Hagar and it'll probably haunt you <laughs> for the rest of your life. There's forgiveness. This is not condemnation. But I think we've all sown illegitimate seeds We've tried to make things happen and then we rely on God's grace to fix it, which we covered in the um, after the fact uh, portal. You know, we, we do something that's out of God's will and then we ask Him, please, Father, come and fix this mess up. So He doesn't want us to con continually do that. He, he would rather you hear what He wants to do and then only do that. And I'm not saying that like from the analogy of a birth, He's not going to let something be birthed and then say, right, when it's alive, abort it. He would rather what you've birthed play out until you acknowledge that He wasn't the father of it. Well, He's going to always bring the death of the vision to bring back That's when, a resurrection. When of you a acknowledge true that He wasn't the father of it from the beginning, let's use yeah. birth as the, yeah. the language. Sorry, yeah. you didn't father this one. Yeah. Sorry, that's not my seed. That's when He brings right, the death, of, the the death vision. of a vision and He says, right, now let's birth what I am birthing. Okay, Ishmael, I'm with him. I'll bless him, I'll protect him but He's not the Son of Promise. And until that gets taken out of the camp, the Son of Promise cannot flourish. And this is what I think the Lord is doing with this head, not the tail. There are a lot of tail situations in our yeah. life that we've had hand in birthing. And, and look, look, uh, 
I'll just give you a little taste of the head and not the tail. I'll just give you a little bit of that. That God don't speak to your tail. So if you want to be the tail, you'll never hear God. He only speaks to the head. God only recognises the head. Do you get what I'm saying? Because when you're the head of a situation, you're hearing God. When you're the tail of a situation, you're not listening to God. You've got to get this. If you're not the head, who's the head? Somebody else is. So do you think he's going to start speaking to the tail of your situation all the time? The after effect? Always coming afterwards? Always learning afterwards? Look, but we go back to God. Let's go back. Because this is the most powerful thing I can ever, ever tell you. And that is the faith of God. Nothing to do with you. Nothing whatsoever to do with you. So what's your part to play in this? I've said it so many times, my uh, abiding in Christ students would know our availability. Being available to receive faith of God. Not your ability, but you being available. Saying, God, and how does he do this? You say, how does God use the faith of God through me? I become an instrument. I become a channel. I become something that God can flow through. I become not bogged down with my own faith, faith, that measure trying to grow, but I become an empty vessel that God can pour His faith through. This is how you work with God on this one. And then He can say to you, get out of bed and walk. You've been healed. Open your eyes and see. Your ears can hear. Because you're not stopping the flow anymore. You've moved from one dimension to another dimension. And you're heading to that heavenly place. But of course, that's not going to happen overnight because you're so used to living in the third dimension. Aren't you sick of it? You battle every single day the doubts, the fears. How's it going to work? The questions. All the noise in your head, it keeps coming up. All the self-talk that comes up. Aren't you sick of it? How do you do it? 
you determine, like Paul, your purpose in your heart. I'm not living here anymore. And I'm going to look the biggest fool in the world because I am declaring what God said He's doing. I don't care anymore. Look, guys, I've got some testimonies that would rock your world. I had a lady once, let me tell you, and I looked the fool. She got cancer and she went into hospital and she was dying. And the Lord told me, if you believe, I'll heal her. If you believe, I'll restore her because she was too sick to believe. So she's in hospital and everybody in the neighbourhood said, how is Joan doing? I said, oh, she's been healed. She's been totally healed. That week her husband came to me and said, Pastor Robin, I have to rush to the hospital because uh, Joan is dying and she's going downhill fast. She went from one room where she went down, 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 down next to the morgue where she was going in to the morgue. And he said to me, I don't have time to listen to your fantasy of faith tonight. I said, doesn't matter, she's still healed. By the time he got to the hospital, she had gone backwards. Instead of dying and going to the morgue, she came alive and started to come up and up and up. And then, if that wasn't enough, she went the other way. She didn't go downwards where she died, she went upwards where she lived. The doctors, said, what's happened? We said, told you she was going to live and not die. That lady lived for years. She lived for years. You have to be ready to declare what God says. You have to be ready to declare. You have to be ready to make a fool, be made a fool of, to turn around and say, no, God said this, I'm His vessel and she will live and not die. But when you have faith in something, you're always building to get there. I don't want to live there. I don't know about you, I don't want to live. I am a heavenly citizen and I refuse to live in this world and be of it. I'm placed here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose to propagate the Kingdom of God and so are you. Not to propagate your Kingdom, but His Kingdom. Pastor, there's something that I want to tie this portal up with. 
And this is really important. If you go with me to 2 Kings 9 verse 3. This is when Jehu is anointed king of Israel. And it's the fall of Jezebel. Come on. Now, let me really, really leave you with this. 2 Kings 9 verse 3. Then take the flask and pour oil on his head and declare, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door, run and don't linger. That's, what the, that's, the, that's the original word, don't linger. Why was it important that he didn't linger? Because news, he didn't want news to reach Jezebel. What had taken place when you linger, Satan becomes the head and you become the tail. And Satan begins to learn of God's plan. You want the enemy to be caught off by surprise? You keep telling us the enemy's got to be caught by surprise. Stop lingering. The moment you stop lingering, you catch him off guard. But the moment you start lingering, just like Jezebel, he starts to learn of God's plan for your life. So he said, run, do it right now. Don't let word of this get to Jezebel. Don't linger. Don't stay here any longer. Because if you do, the enemy's gonna know what's happened. This is the key. We talk about head, not the tail. Your lingering is letting Satan know about God's plan. Something that he's not allowed to know about. And he should be caught by surprise about God's movement in your life. He should not be privy to your oil on your head. He should be running behind trying to find out information. Not running alongside, knowing information. And you think your lingering is pleasing God, your false humility. Oh Lord, I'm not ready. Oh Lord, maybe you want me to go through this more. Satan is learning your destiny while you linger. What about the process, Pastor? No, we don't want you to go through that process. We want you to start believing God and allowing Him to walk through you, to walk through you, because He, listen, because you will take God where He wants to go. That's how it happens. You don't decide where you go to take God there, you actually, uh, He will tell you where He wants to go and you say, come on God, I'll take you there. Walk through me, perform your miracles. And this is the key with this Scripture. I'm giving you Scripture to back up what we're saying. If Jehu had lingered, Jezebel would have learned of what had taken place. And she would have put into action a counter plan. But because Jehu didn't linger, he was able to take Ahaziah 
and he was able to take Joram and he was able to say, right, you're not God's one, you'll be disposed of. And then he gets to the wall and he says, right, she doesn't know what we've done. Jehu's been anointed King over Israel, throw it down, give it to the dogs. Yeah. And this is the anointing that God wants to restore back to our lives. But our lingering to try and please God Oh, I'm gonna process a little bit more. I'm not healed enough yet. Yeah. Again, I tell you, stop telling the healer when you're healed. Stop telling the deliverer when you're free. Because Satan is learning your destiny while you linger. Wow. And I'm not gonna let him learn my destiny. So if I don't feel it, it don't matter. Because when God says, get up and go and anoint Him King and go here and do that, I'm gonna say, feelings, you'll catch up. I'm ready to do what He's asked me to do because guess what? I lingered with Jersey and I missed out on what God could have shown me from the beginning. And now I love Jersey, but now it's like my heart is playing catch up to what Mine's God's given not. us. Hers is not. <laughs> oh no, mine Natalie's is. Natalie's is not, but no, I'm no, saying No, I Lord, gotta tell you, mine is far from it. God has just got me in a heavenly place and He just keeps pouring out blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. What He says, you can have that, you can have that, you can have that. When you're, cause you're right in the centre of my will, you believe because you're letting my faith rise up in you. I cannot outgive my God in this. I look every day and He says, because you didn't linger when I told you to go, you went, you became the head and I'm enjoying my relationship that we're having. Lord, I need to have this happen. I've not been like that in my past. It was, I'll take anything I can get. God said, no, but I'm not giving you anything you can get. I'm giving you the best. <laughs>